You're listening to Face Off, episode 125, recorded June 13th, 2011. Welcome to Face Off, your face-to-face web technology podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jade Robbins. And I'm your other host, Mark Sanborn. In this podcast, Mark, we talk about web technology, things like web development, social media, and entrepreneurship on the web. Get the show notes for this episode by going to faceoffshow.com. Mark, this is a very special edition of Face Off uh, because right now I'm going to call it our Stanley Cup issue because (laughs) we record the show right here. I may or may not have uh, the current Stanley Cup game uh, on my other computer right now. I'm not watching <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> if they win during the show or whatever, you can you can, can jump hoop, up and down. I can, hoop, I can hoop and holler. Okay. I'm like, this is what's funny too. Is uh, I'm you know I'm a mild I'm a mild hockey fan. I'm not rabid or anything. And and like sort of this is what's funny. Like sort of randomly, the team that I used to like to play on NHL 11 on the Xbox was the Boston Bruins. So when I started watching hockey, you know, I uh, I ended up sort of rooting for that team. Uh, and this year they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, but at the same time, I feel like a lame like a lame fan. Like I'm not I'm not a certified <laughs> hockey fan or a certified boston fan because i picked them out of a video game you know but you know that happens so you're playing nhl 10 i believe it was we were oh you know, it was 10 it was yeah and uh i always picked the red wings my dad was from detroit and uh that's you know that the team you'd, yeah. you'd expect uh, a fan from montana to be watching if he came from there <laughs> um but yeah yeah, you know, it's like you and Rob have, like, Rob is from the Detroit area. He has ties. Your family's from the Detroit area, so you have ties. I just picked Boston because I thought they were the best team to play with. Uh, but, you know, I, I must have I picked, I must have done good because this year they went they went all the way to Stanley Cup. And it's not like I was bandwagoning either because in 2010 they did not go to the Stanley Cup finals. They haven't won a Stanley Cup since, like, 1968. So I'm not bandwagoning. That's, don't even say that people listening i know you're thinking <laughs> so more than more than once uh so like normally people get into a sport or whatever and then buy the video games but i've done it the opposite way like with Me? madden yeah i was like i played the game and i was like hey this is kind of fun and so now i get you know and understand football i want to watch yeah. it and stuff i used to I watch- remember in uh middle school i got into age of empires and then we started talking about like history and the babylonian and mess you know <laughs> and i was like oh yeah the assyrians you know they got some great uh, chariot archers and stuff you know <laughs> hey you know funny. that see exactly now when these people complain about video games we can tell them that they've taught us and taught us things and we've learned stuff and actually expanded our horizons because of them Anyways, Mark, so a couple episodes ago, we talked about uh, different ways to search your website. You know, we talked about Google Custom Search and stuff. You found something called Elasticsearch. What is that? So uh, I don't remember which episode on it it was, but we did a full text search episode on like search engines for your text. Well, Elasticsearch sits on top of the open source Lucene project, which is, uh, and this also, the, the Elasticsearch is Apache 2. Uh, basically what it does is it provides a RESTful interface for you to work with uh, search. Uh, so you send it JSON. If you want to send your data into it, you use JSON. If you want to get data out or if you want to search for something, you also use JSON. So it's uh, something that f- web programmers are familiar with. You just sit this, uh, you know, you sit this, or sorry, sit, set this up and 
you know, you just start sending your data to it on via JSON of, on and start searching of, through it. Right. It's on top of Lucene and it just gives you a nice restful interface to it. So you can do uh, searching through the, you know, sort of your URL restfully and get it back in from in JSON. That's pretty cool. Also, the first part, uh, their their first big push is that it's schema free and all that. So, like, if you're already hip on the NoSQL type stuff, uh, this is this might suit your data well. Yeah, you're ready for it. Our next news and follow up involves uh, a really cool company we've talked about before a lot uh, that recently revised their pricing. We've talked about Twilio before. It's a great Twilio is a great RESTful API to uh, telephony services like SMS or voice uh, calling and stuff. Really awesome, cool service that before was was cheap, but now is even cheaper. Yeah, so they've halved their price. So inbound calls now are one penny, uh, and then three cents per minute after that for U.S. Uh, toll or yeah, that's for a toll free number. Outbound calls are two cents, and SMSs are now one cent per message, send or receive. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's a great deal. I mean, and, and it's a it's an awesome API to work with. I, one of the guys that that's like a Twilio evangelist actually came and talked at our Bozeman Montana programmers group. Uh, really cool guy, John Sheehan, I think was his name. Uh, and it's a great company, so support it. And honestly, if you want to do telephony, like you you see these apps once in a while, they're like, we'll send you SMSs via email. You know, just you know, pay, it's going to be so cheap to use something like Twilio. Just figure out Twilio, pay it, you know, it's like a dollar a month. If you, that's like a hundred messages. That's a lot. I mean, when you think about it, so, uh, check it out, go to Twilio.com. Gotta love those guys. Gotta give them another shout out. Let's give a shout out to our, uh, the, uh, first little sponsor to our show is of course, agile task. It's your dead simple task tracking application, things like achievements, tagging for organization, uh, and just in general, ran by three cool guys called me, Mark, and our friend Rob. So check it out by going to agiletask.me. All right, Mark, our geek tool this week. So uh, actually, this is an interesting, interesting little tidbit. Tomorrow is my uh, two-year anniversary with my wife. We've been together like seven years, but we, you know, we were together like four years and then decided to get married. So two-year anniversary. We're trying to think of a gift. You know, we instead of really buying gifts for each other, a lot of times Amber and I will just, you know, sort of pool our money together and buy a gift for us. Um, so uh, actually, I think the gift we might be getting each other this year, we've been talking about it, is the Logitech Denovo Mini. Now, what this is, uh, the Logitech Denovo Mini is this awesome little Bluetooth keyboard. Uh, it's it's small. It's like it's a thumb keyboard. It's meant to fit in your hand. It has a clamshell with a cover in the top. Uh, but what's really cool about it is it has this sort of circular touchpad in the upper corner that can act either as a D-pad, so you can click on it for D-padding stuff, or you can switch it, and it, the entire surface is a touchpad. So, like, if uh, we, we have, like, a home theater PC, and right now I have a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse hooked up to it. The keyboard is fine because it looks great, but it but the mouse is a pain. It's a real pain in the butt to use. Uh, on the thing so you know we use the remote for in like Windows Media Center but if we want to surf the web or something it's a real pain in the butt well this is nice it's small it'll close too so like if you get dust you won't get dust all over your keyboard uh, and it has this nice little touchpad so you can do some couch surfing easier and I think we're going to get it for our uh, home theater PC this year pretty excited about it I like to call that the heel shield <laughs> I can't remember how many times I've come over to your house and put my big old heels on your ottoman and kick the keyboard and yeah, or you kick pause, the mouse you know, and it our favorite show. Yeah, you're like it's like all nice and you like you accidentally touch the mouse and all of a sudden it's like Ugh, and like puts this big on-screen display and you're like no, Mark. Especially at night, Mark and I 
Well, Mark and I, when we hang out, we hang out way too late. And as it gets late, we find that our legs just won't stop moving. So we start like shaking our legs and like moving around. And that's terrible if you have a mouse on the ottoman because any little shaking, it'll jiggle the mouse and set it off. So check it out. Uh, right now, it's $123 on Amazon. Get the link to it in our show notes. I think it's, if, especially if you have a home theater PC, uh, it's, I think it's the way to go. You know, Bluetooth, nice cordless, small, compact. Check it out. All right, Mark, let's go into our web app. So the first web app is, is kind of, it's a web service, but with a sort of package that you use in your program. So I just wanted to talk about it because um, we found this and we both said, wow, that is so useful because a lot of times you're doing things like testing uh, IPNs and stuff where you need a publicly accessible web address for your web app. Um, so let's say, you know, or you want to show people. So like uh, PayPal's IPN, when they send a payment out, they want to ping you and let you know that that happened. Well, the problem is then you have to have a publicly accessible web address. So if you're developing on your computer, it's like, how do you test that? Well, um, local tunnel, uh, we can get by going to program.com slash local tunnel is this really simple gem that you download. And then what you do, let me open up here the page uh, to get started. Basically, once you install the gem, and then you just say, um, you know, uh, you start your web, your web host, you know, like if you're running Mongrel for Rails or Apache, whatever, then you basically just say local tunnel, uh, and then what port you want open. And what that gem will do then is, I, and I'm pretty sure it will do like all the port tunneling for you. It will give you a, a .localtunnel.com address uh, with that port open and forwarded that you can get to that's accessible from the web for anybody. I can give you a, a really good case scenario. And that is when we were working with payment gateways, uh, in order to, they, I mean, in order to test the actual payment, PayPal or whatever payment gateway you have has to usually send you uh, some data to a, some sort of, you know, server that's reachable via the web. And oftentimes, you know, when we're working with Rails, we're just doing it local and on our own computer. Uh, what you ended up having to do was set up a, another subdomain and like host the app like somewhere else. And that took quite a f bit of time, whereas this yeah. is like, you know, three commands and you're done. <laughs> yeah. So, so actually, very excited to see this. I remember how we saw this now. It's actually sponsored by Twilio. So one of the things that you do with Twilio is you send stuff to their API, but it also sends you back people's responses and stuff. And to do that, Twilio House has to know how to talk with you. So Local Tunnel is a great uh, way to quickly set up a way for Twilio or PayPal to talk back to you so that you can test against that API. So you don't have to have like cool. you don't have to have like a dev server on your server where you are constantly deploying to just to test, you know, a particular thing on an API that has to call back to you. Uh, yeah, like what I do for this is I have like a, a dynamic DNS thing with a port forwarded at home and it works. But like you're talking about when we were working on Rob's, uh, you know, my port is not forwarded there or anything like that. So I did. I had to run it at home. This way I could just do it really easily. Pretty cool little gem and little service. I think completely useful for anyone who wants to check it out. Our second web app that I want to talk about is called Account Killer. And this is so important because a lot of times, I mean, we've been finding this out uh Actually, trying removing your accounts from several places is very difficult, especially, you know, data hungry sites like Facebook, you know, uh, we're looking at some of these on here, you know, like iTunes and stuff like that. They're very, very difficult to delete all your data and to completely remove your account. I mean, a lot of them, they just want you to sort of let your accounts sit there and slowly die over time. But if you are, you know, you really want to remove uh, your data, it's very difficult. That's where account killer comes in is it's basically a big list of different websites and how to actually remove your account and delete your data on all these various websites. 
It's even got cool features like it'll show you, it has sort of a color coding system for how difficult it is to remove your data from systems. So Facebook is actually gray, which isn't terrible. It's not easy, but it's not terrible, which surprises me. While Skype is black, it's very difficult to delete your Skype account and your Skype data, which is crazy. It's like, why, why do they make it so hard? Yeah, that is crazy. And it's crazy to see that Skype has 600 million users and Gmail only has 200. Like I would expect Gmail to have a, a ton, a lot more, but. Interesting. So how, some of the black ones, if anybody's though. interesting, Skype is actually apparently really hard to remove yourself from, mm -hmm. uh, as well as Amazon, which no surprise there really. Yeah. Uh, Battle.net and WordPress, that's kind of surprising. They seem like yeah. they'd be kind of easy to yeah, get off Yeah, they seem like a but. cool company that would do it. Uh, surprisingly, Microsoft seems to be all white. Anything on Microsoft, they'll delete your data. So uh, cool. Steam looks like it's really hard, but I could see kind of see that one because I see a lot of people getting uh, accounts hacked, and I yeah. can see like del somebody or deleting you, maliciously it, could be a problem with for them. So right. they just make it really hard. Right, and there's a lot. Like I have, let's say, you know, several hundred dollars invested in my Steam account. If someone was able to delete my account easily, I would be really upset. <laughs> yep. So. So check it out, accountkiller.com. If you need to delete your account, check out and see if it's an account killer because if it is, they'll make your life a lot easier. Like oftentimes they give you the direct link to delete your, your account, which is usually very, like in places like Skype and Facebook, is very obscure. It's hard to find. Uh, so uh, account killer will help you out with that, which makes it very, very useful. Hey, if you guys have a news, a follow-up, or web app you think we should look at, go to faceoffshow.com slash feedback. Let us know about it. We'd love to talk about what you want us to. And with that in mind, before we get into our topic, I want to thank our second sponsor, our, our Mark Sanborn's own Rocket Ship It. Rocket Ship It is your multi-carrier shipping solution. You can print labels, get tracking numbers. Uh, what else, Mark? Does it does it actually address validation? Pickup API is coming out like uh, tomorrow or the next day. Does it actually box the thing up for you and send it out the door? <laughs> No, unfortunately, I don't have any uh, insight into robots. Version version 3.0. You heard it here first, yep. folks. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> check it nice. Anyways, if you're doing shipping, uh, check it out first. It'll make your life so much easier. Rocketship.it. All right, Mark, let's get into our topic. You know, we've kind of hovered on this topic before, but really never uh, done this sort of direct uh, talking about it. And that is, uh, you know, what is... You know, I'll just quiz time, Mark. Really, when you're doing any sort of service website, trying to get money or, or anything from people, what is the most important thing you, you're usually concerned with? Um, Signups and making money and providing value to your customers, I guess. Right, exactly. It's, it's, it's that conversion, right? Taking, explaining to someone why your service is valuable or useful. Like I've seen websites that have the most valuable and interesting services in the world, but if they can't really explain it, People aren't going to use it. They're not going to sign up for it. They're not going to, you know, it doesn't, you know, if, 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 if face off show was literally just a text link to an audio file, you know, what is the good, what is the good of that? People aren't seeing why it's useful. So that's why we focus a lot on conversion. How do you take people that come by and how do you turn them into users? How do you explain your value? So the first part of conversion is you need to track it. Um, we've talked about evidence-based web development, which is uh, a lot of techniques on how to improve your website and kind of fine-tweak it uh, with techniques such as multivariate testing, A-B split testing. Um, check that out at uh, episode 53, evidence-based web development. Um, people, I mean, you, if you've been listening to this show and even people that are new, you're probably aware of analytics, um, you know, you, you got to be able to track your site 
if you make some drastic change and and people are leaving but you kind of don't know why you could just think that people don't like the product anymore but it could be just that your website uh, doesn't look good and ie seven or eight um, <laughs> yeah. so it's really important to track it I mean if you if you have a website and your goal is to make money on your website you you have to be tracking why people are leaving um, and all that good stuff so the cool. first step in increasing conversion is making sure you have a baseline and making sure that you have your analytics in place well I think also another thing that a lot of people might not be thinking about though is also what is a conversion on your website I mean we've mm. it's funny we talk about this like you and I are talking about the podcast and it's like okay let's look at this you know objectively a conversion for us is someone subscribing to the show right they stumble upon it they hear about it or whatever them subscribing to get our episode every week is a conversion you also need you know before you can track it which it really you can't track it until you do that is identify what is your conversion as well because a lot of times it seems really obvious like if uh, clearly i mean if you're having a a, a a website where you're trying to sell a service someone paying is a conversion that's pretty obvious but a lot of them out there you really need to think about it yeah, that's a good point. And also, uh, you may have multiple conversions. You might have a contact or feedback form that is a separate conversion than you know purchasing a product. Or you, maybe you have a, a conversion of somebody supplying a comment on your blog, for example. That's a that's a great uh, that's a great point. Like uh, with Agile Task, we have I sort of look at two different conversions. Someone signing up for the trial is a conversion. I I, I at least convince them to sign up for a trial, and then I have another conversion where someone actually buys it. You know, you, that's a mm -hmm. great point. Um, so quick example with agile task, we trialed a few different buttons, uh, and mainly just the sign up button that's on the front page. And we had some pretty variable results, didn't we? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. So, um, your sort of basic, just button that says sign up, right? You think about it. Oh, that's clear. That's simple. That's to the point actually had a significantly lower, uh, conversion than one that Rob wrote that was like, take it for a spin. You know, it's like try agile task, take it for a spin or something like that. You know, that, that sort of more, uh, that, that, that wording that was just different enough to get people's attention actually increased our conversions. People were signing up for it to try it out more. Whereas, you know, like you think about it, it's funny, like sign up, it's like, Oh, sign up. You see that everywhere. But when you see take it for a spin, you're like, Hey, yeah, yeah, I'll take, I'll take it for a spin. You know, it, it's it, things like that can definitely affect your conversion. One thing I've realized with conversions is even the simplest thing can make a huge, huge difference. Sometimes like double uh, the conversion rate. Totally. Uh, and then other things that you, you think are a certain way don't have hardly any effect at all. Yeah. Um, so uh, number one, you know, like if you're looking for things, so, so uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for things to try to increase your conversion, you know, you already have your analytics in place and you're already ready to track your conversions, which by the way, in analytics, if you want to set up your, your uh, conversion, uh, it, it's basically what's called a goal. You just mark certain URLs as endpoints and you can have multiple, you can have what's called a funnel, which is like places along the way to get to the conversion and you can see where people are dropping out. Right. Uh, make sure you have all that stuff in, in place and then you can, and then you can uh, come back and try some of these things. The first one to try is have a good headline. Um, you know, whether it be your USP or uh, unique selling proposition. Um, you know, for as an example of that is uh, Amazon's or Walmart's "Live Better, Save" or whatever. <laughs> what, the uh, little, you know, the little tag below the logo. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what that is. Yeah, USP, unique selling proposition. Unique, yeah. Uh, so like ours with Agile Task is dead simple task management. 
There you go. Yeah. Uh, so have that. Uh, also, like, um, what's your have a good one? Well, um, geez, I should know <laughs> this, huh? It's like it's, sh- uh, the complete web-based multi-carrier shipping solution. I should have known so, like, that that's because my you know I said that in the in the ad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's one of the, that's the first, that should be at least the first thing that attracts the customers or the, uh, user's eye when they come to your site and, it, and they really need to know what your product does based off that one sentence. Um, if you don't have a headline, try putting one on. If you have one already, try a different one. Um, some example is, uh, um, let's see what the site was called. Tulos, which is a clothing manufacturer, increased their uh, conversion by 127% by just changing the word men's clothing to order men's clothing, or I mean, sorry, the headline from men's clothing to order men's clothes- clothing easily for bargain prices. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, it gets straight to the point and it's very clear what they are and what their mission is and what they're doing. Right. Um, like men's clothing, so, it's like, what? you repair men's clothing, you sell men's clothing, you just like men's clothing. It's a blog about men's clothing. I mean, that the other mm-hmm. one is, you know, we're selling men's clothing, you know, at, at bargain prices. Uh, City Click increased it by uh, changing their headline from business grow faster on businesses grow faster online to create a web page for your business. Yeah. Uh, and that was a 90% improvement over the original. They also test get found faster. Um, that was 26%. And then online advertising works they tried, they actually had a negative improvement over the original. And that's something to note that not everything, I mean, you might have a great idea and you might put it out there, but it actually might cost you money to have, you know, to have an idea or, you know, change your headline to something that's less effective. Um, so it's really important to not just change you know, random things on your site, thinking that it's better and not actually tracking and seeing the effects yeah. that it has. Yeah, we've talked about split testing, A-B testing before, you, you know, keep track of that stuff because if you, you know, if you're not taking a look at it, you don't know whether how it's affecting what you're doing. Um, another technique that I see a lot of uh, e-tailers doing is scheduling emails to go out. Um, and this is, this can, this is good for service-based and also products. So, if you sign up to a, a service, you want to get you're usually expect an email right away, uh, verifying your email, and then maybe another email right after that, greet, you know, greeting you, telling you how to use the app, uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's helpful to remind you, like if you haven't used the app in a few days, uh, to remind people, you know, get back on it. Um, so have some kind of a schedule for emails to go out. Um, you know, you're gonna have to kind of tr- figure out what fits for your business, whether it, you know, be, uh, you know one, three days, then 15 day. Um, I know like some supplement websites and things, if you, if you don't buy for six months, they send another one out saying, you know, if you're not working out, you should get back into the gym and work out or, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, dirty. if you still are working out, you should have some supplements cause they're, <laughs> they're going to help you out, you know? Um, and good, I know good job, but I mean, get back in the gym, brah. I've even seen some sites that you visit them and then they, they capture your email some and, and at some point. And then if you visit them again, you still have that cookie stored. And let's say you visit them three months later and you look at an item, they'll send you an email about stuff like related to that item or another item that are related to those. Um, figure it out. Don't, you know, don't bombard people's email 
uh, inboxes with with junk. Try well, to be. Yeah, I mean that's something to think about, right? That will decrease your conversion. If people feel like they're getting spam, they will. That will decrease your conversion. <laughs> In fact, don't I mean, subscribe, which is a negative conversion. <laughs> it's like the golden rule. If you would be like mad that you got a bunch of emails from your own company, would you send those out? I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just make make sure of that. Um, another thing is monitor 404s. Uh, you know, we talked about website issue monitoring, uh, last episode. If, you know, obviously if people are getting 404s and errors at, I mean, any place on your website, but especially in the checkout section or the shopping cart, you're going to be losing conversions. If you're a product-based business, yeah. if, if it's service, if somebody can't sign up because they can't pick the username they want because you've got it restricted um unnecessarily you know you're you you've got maybe restricted to eight characters and they're trying to use nine uh or some goofy thing like that and they can't get in uh or or there's some kind of a javascript validation error that only happens on a mac or something that you you haven't tested uh again this all goes back to analytics and tracking got to have that stuff in place so you at least know when these errors happen but if the the users are getting errors they're you know i'm going to gonna not like your site and leave <laughs> yeah exactly it's things that anything that bugs someone will turn them off of your website they just, they'll just leave um, another thing is try different colors there's been I mean tons of studies about different colors affecting signups but whether it be buttons and this is why you often see like you know a green button next to a bright orange one you know yeah. the orange one's obviously the one they're trying to get you to click on um, Totally. But it's different for every site. There's that's another thing I noticed too is like if you just if you just read like what other people have done for conversions, it doesn't always apply to your industry or your site. Uh, it's basically something that you're just gonna have to try. Yeah. Um, but try different colors on your main buttons. Uh, another thing that I would say to do is to totally you know if you're in a, in the middle of a redesign, get a baseline before your website redesign, yep. and then redesign your site with things in mind that you think will help with the conversion and then see if that whole new redesign in, you know, influenced your users to convert better. Um, oftentimes if you have a site that only gets a few hundred visitors a month, this is your only option. You don't have the option to, to test every little button and color. Um, so you're, you're pretty much op, you know, make a huge drastic redesign and then test that new re redesign versus the old one. Right. Right, and just remember, I, I mean, the thing is, like, if if you want to try to decrease your conversion, you need to you need to be able to measure it, and you need to know that that's happening. And um, I think I think most people will find that, you know, it's like the step is sort of like identify your conversion, measure it, and then tweak it to try and increase your conversion. Uh, is sort of your basic steps to try and get people to convert on your website. I think it's funny because I I can honestly say. Not until recently did I really think of conversions or even set up a goal in Google Analytics. I mean, because and we've been doing the podcast now for two years, but you know, I didn't think of subscriptions as conversions. I mean, really, what is the goal of your website? And the and the goal you can say sort of generically is to get conversions, but defining what that conversion is is uh, what you need to really do and crank on about. Yep. All right, well, that wraps it up for this episode of Face Off. I want to remind you, you can subscribe to the show by going to faceoffshow.com slash subscribe if you haven't done so yet. You can also leave feedback by going to faceoffshow.com slash feedback. Tweet us out, like us on Facebook, or send us an email. We love to hear from you guys. Thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week.